please welcome Cal. Cool. So, I didn't hear a very good response to that. Did, did, did you find that interesting? Yes. I found that fascinating when I was looking at my business. It makes a huge impact on the way that you determine what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. It's absolutely uh, fascinating stuff. Um, so, we've obviously covered a lot of stuff already today. We understand the importance of pitch. We understand the importance of building credibility through being published. And clearly now we understand the value of products and selfie sticks. Um, but none of that stuff works if nobody knows you exist. You can have a great book, but if nobody knows that book exists, then it's just going to sit on a table somewhere. So all of the mentors that you've seen today, we found by virtue of their reputation, by virtue of their profile. And so CNBC actually says that we're living in the reputation economy. Uh, a world where your reputation, where you are who Google says you are. And so if you understand that, it becomes very, very key to learn how to manage that and how to grow that. And there is one man in Singapore who, who knows this better than anyone. And I've had great pleasure to get to know him over the past six months. Uh, I know that he's going to share with you some incredible stuff. For those of you that haven't yet tweeted or got on social media about today. You know, in the olden days, it used to be rude if you pull out your phone in a conference like this. Well, since he's a social media genius, it's actually rude if you don't pull out your phone while he's talking to you. He'd be very offended. Uh, so can you, put, can you put your hands together and welcome Andrew Chow. I want to tell you a story of a very high-profile politician. I'm not going to tell you his name because I don't know who is sitting here. <coughs> he often claims he knows all the answers to Singapore's problem. <laughs> so he often he is actually a very high-profile person on Facebook. So one fine day, he posted this question on Facebook: Does any one of you have any questions for me? If you have more than five likes to your question, I will answer it. Sounds good? So the minute after you post it, the first person posted the first question. The question goes like this. Why are you such a dick? <laughs> That's not the funniest part. The funniest part is he got 58 likes. <laughs> and you know what the funniest part is? He didn't answer the question. Guys, let me ask you, have you ever spoken to someone and he claims to be awesome, he claims to be doing a lot of jobs for a lot of people, and you're sitting opposite him and hearing all the wonderful story, and you are secretly trying to Google him, and you found nothing? <laughs> How many of you have seen that? Or, or, put it another way, have you ever heard somebody on radio, similar business as you, seen somebody being interviewed in the papers? And they say exactly the same thing like what you do, and you told yourself, damn, this could have been me. Have you ever felt that? that you should be out there. How many of you have done a lot of work on improving yourself as an expert? For the last six months, you invested some time improving what you do, sharpening your thought, and you're trying to reach out to more people out there. How many of you have done it? Yep. Another question. How many of you have 
tried telling others via the media how good you are. Now you've got less hands. You see, it is no longer enough to be good in what we do. We need more people to know us. Raising the profile is just one of the way. But may I remind you, I have been in this business for many, many years, and raising profile is not actually what you do. It's what people say you are. Because it's a perception of you. It may not be the real you. So don't mistake it. It is not what you do on social media. It is who you are, and you communicate that on social media and PR as well. A lot of people know me as a social media guy, but can I tell you something? Before I was a social media guy, I was actually a PR person. So today, I use both to help me and help a lot of people. And I wonder if there's anyone in your life that you think that has great profile and you want to emulate, you want to learn. I have one today. I'm so glad he's sitting here. I'm so glad that 25 years ago, I was a blur block young man, finished my first term in the army. I served six years after I served national service. He took me by the hand. He taught me everything I need to know about marketing. During the days when Kodak was still very strong, so you can imagine how long ago was that. He was my mentor, and he taught me everything I need to know. Andy, are you around? Andy Lai? Andy? Where are you, Andy? Can you stand up, Andy, please? This is my mentor for the last 25 years. Are you a brand today? You know what's a brand? A brand is something that connects with people emotionally. What is higher than a brand? It's a cult. <laughs> like Apple. Incidentally, you know, everything changes. You know, 25 years ago, when we, when we taught our kids about ABC, A is for? Today, A is for? But it's a different apple. <laughs> because today, everything is about brand. And I have children telling me, hey, uncle, iPhone is my parents' phone. Today, I use Samsung. <laughs> and if a kid is born in 2007, it's only six years old, seven years old. So you can imagine. You, every one of us, is a brand. Don't all, if you're not a brand, you'll be called a banana. <laughs> Very bland. All right, I love the actions where you pluck a banana from the, you know, from the main branch and you start peeling it. And when you take it, people just throw away. Nobody collects banana peels. I know the, first, I know the second speaker, Andrew Griffin, talked about people collecting food stickers. But I have never seen people collecting banana peels. <laughs> but I've seen people following other brands. So there are 10 questions I want to ask you today. Today, is it okay if I have a little bit of conversation with you? Yes. Because I'm not someone who would, who would like Patrick is so high energy. I, I'm not like Elim who is so engaging. I like to have a conversation with all of you today. It's about who you are. A lot of people think social media is some kind of social magic. They always ask me, Andrew, what is the platform I need to be on? Tell me the most popular platform, tell me every, teach me everything you, that you need to know, and I'll be there, and I'll be famous. I say, wrong. You got it all wrong. Because it's, you are talking about media social. Social media is about being social. Then you think media. And this is what I mean. Let me ask you, 
who are you? Are you a perfectionist? Are you someone who is very good in processes? Are you, are you someone who can crystallize concepts and put it down onto pillars? Are you a giver? Are you someone very generous? Are you someone who is very, very empowering? Are you a people's person? Are you a performer? Naturally, very charismatic. You are very, very competitive. Are you someone who sees the world very differently? Do you have a lot of emotions you want to share? Or are you a very intellectual person? Very mysterious, full of knowledge, but people find hard to connect with you. Are you someone who is a skeptic? A zebra looking for a lion. <laughs> Which zebra will look for a lion? But do you know that a skeptic is someone, he's like a zebra looking for a lion. Because when he don't see any lion, lion is everywhere. When I see the lion is there, oh, here is safer. Are you someone who is very spontaneous? Are you a life wire? Are you someone who is so high energy, but people feel they cannot connect with you because everybody feels that when they talk to you, they are in transit? <laughs> are you someone who is very aggressive, a challenger? You know, I, I have done many business. I ever once led a data agency, and I have many, many challengers in my database. I have very, very fierce ladies. You wouldn't even imagine. Now I know why there are so many singers. Oops, sorry, ladies. It's just an insider story. I, I remember once I arranged a blind date between two percent, of course, a guy and a girl. I don't do same sex. <laughs> and the lady arrived first. The guy was five minutes late. Now, ladies, if your date, if a blind date is five minutes late, is it okay in Singapore? Or for, for dinner, for dinner. Is it okay? Five minutes late. So the guy arrived, the guy told her, I'm sorry, you know, traffic, cannot park, find parking, I gotta work, and so on. So the lady was doing this. <laughs> I wait for him to finish. And she said this, Mister, late means late, no excuse. <laughs> that was the opener, that was her personality, that was the end of the first date. <laughs> you see, Sometimes we can be a profile so good on social media, but when people meet you in person, the first thing you say, destroy everything. I hate to say this, but even as speakers, I have seen other speakers. I have been invited overseas. I have been invited into conferences where we speak about customer engagement, social media, and so on. So we've got a lot of other speakers talking about topic. And I find speakers doing this. The minute when they come down on stage, they become another person. Here on stage, they are telling you how to create meaningful relationship with people. How about connecting? You need to engage, you need to be a listener. And when I go down, when he shakes my hand, he doesn't even look at me. <laughs> Invited to a VIP table, he's the first one to leave. What does it do to your brand? What is the use of building profile when people's personal experience with you is not the best of all experience? The second question I want to ask you is this. Your priority. Do you know what you have and what you lack? Do you want to work on skills that is definitely essential? There's one skill, it's actually a super soft skill I want to share with you. It's the art of sharing, not selling. Sharing is the Western concept. That's why social media don't do so well in Asia. Because for Asians, we do not know how to share. We only know how to sell. If we know how to share, we will not lose martial arts. I know 100 strokes. I teach this guy 99. 
just in case he rebel. I have one that he didn't know. <laughs> and he tells the next lady, 98, and by the time you come to Andy, you only have one. <laughs> That's called the Jue Zhao. Because we are so selfish, we don't share. We didn't know how to sell by sharing. We lose a lot of intellectual property. The third thing I want to share to you is this. It's about promise. Promise. What do you say you deliver? Is it in your mission statement? Is it in your personal mission statement? Do you know what promises do you make to your customer? Now, I'm not saying it is, uh, you can't break your promise. We all break our promise every now and then. The problem is this, when you break a promise to your customer, to people around you, you need to do a lot of, what? Restitution. Service recovery, heard of that word before? But service recovery can only be done once to the same customer. Have you heard of this before? If it happened once, it's an incident. Happened twice, it's a coincidence. Happened three times, it's a lifestyle. Happened four times, you better go away. Because it is actually a habit. All right, this person has a persistent habit of breaking promises. So, what promises are you making to your customer today? Are they happy? Positioning. Who do you want to serve? You can't serve everyone. Are you a premium brand? Are you very premium in pricing? Are you serving the most premium customers? Or are you a one-size-fits-all? Are you just serving the mass market? It's okay to serve the mass market. It's all right. I believe Apple served the mass market as well, but they just know how to do it. So it doesn't matter which market you're in. As long as you know what is your position, you know where to go on social media. You know what to say when you make a pitch to the media. All right. If you are positioning yourself as a premium, don't appear on tabloid. Don't appear on magazines that doesn't reflect well with your brand. Don't appear on places that is not aligned to your brand. You know where your position is. Find someone who has a very strong brand association with yours. The third thing, it's about uniqueness. Why should people choose you? Why not you try filling up this blank? Our offering is the only category that do what? It's a very important statement. I remember when I first tried to do this, I had problems writing it down. If you can't articulate your positioning, don't expect people to understand it. You can do a lot of things, people are still confused. I learn to do less now. Seriously, before that, I do so many things. Right now, I feel that like I'm still doing a lot of things. I also become brand ambassador to a lot of places. All right, and that was a problem. I remember I am now the brand ambassador for iDental. It's a very wonderful dental group. I was their MC in one of the launches, and guess what? When I was there, sitting down, getting ready for the big launch, one of my participants in the past happened to be there. And she walked up to me and said, Andrew, I remember you as a social media guy since when you become a dentist. <laughs> I said, I spent four years. <laughs> That's the problem. When people are confused with your positioning, we have a big issue. Then comes to what you do. And that's amazing. How many LinkedIn profiles of the summary that you read? People start off with what they do. I'm an engineer. I'm a system analyst. I am this, I'm that. 
Your summary, and this is tweetable, your summary is more about who you are than what you do. Your summary on LinkedIn is about who you are than what you do. What you do comes a bit later. Are you a rainmaker? Are you a collaborator? Are you a problem solver? Are you a creator? Are you a shit stirrer? Just kidding. <laughs> you get a message. Because what you do has to be synergized with who you are. It actually helps you to walk your talk. So you don't have to do a lot, all right? Number seven, platform. Where and how do you want to communicate? If you want to look for C-suite people, you do not go to Facebook, you go to LinkedIn. If you want to find creative people, you must look for Instagram and Pinterest. If you want to look for intellectual thought leaders, you go and visit SlideShare and Quora. Now, if you don't understand all this terminology or platform, it's okay. My book is still outside. You can buy a copy. All right, it's on offer today. All right. Last but not least, no, actually this is not last, sorry. Number eight, I love this perception. Do you know something? You can profile all you want, but the perception is about how other people view you. Do you agree that, the most, that those people who have the most negative things to say about you are actually people who do not know you? How many of you agree? Okay. These people have so much negative things to say about you, or for example myself, and these people never have the guts to appear in front of me and tell me straight in the face. Because they just have a perception. But perception is still important. Because you don't want to have to explain your brand. So who are you is important. One look at you once your name is mentioned. Do, a, do an experiment. Ask your friends, 10 friends. If 8 out of 10 of your friends say the same thing about you, that is your perception. Try this. All right. For example, if you ask 8 out of 10 of my friends, and they all tell you Andrew Chow borrow money but never return, <laughs> so that will be my branding, right? That will be my perception, right? So that chunk up to what? Lack of integrity, not reliable, and then the story goes on. So you see how important it is. Nine, it's personal experience. I think it's so important. What is your brand essence to people? What, are, what is the feeling that people get when they talk to you? Do they get the same feeling like what they've seen on social media and PR? Is it the same person they heard from radio? I have many horror stories in dating days. I think I should write a book about confessions of the matchmaker. <laughs> I have another story with someone who don't listen. I had this guy, every time when I set up a blind date for him, Okay, the lady will date him one time and never want to see him again. They vow if they will see him again, they will stab him. <laughs> so it goes to a point I couldn't stand it anymore. I had to do some coaching, all right? It's not my job, but I had to do some coaching. So I called up, hey, brother, what is going on? They all say the same thing about you. They say you ask about their pay on the very first day. <laughs> she, he likes to ask, how much do you make? So I say, Brother, you can't do that. It's very rude. Ask something else. Anything but pay. He said, okay, understood. The, the next day, same thing happened again. The lady was so angry. The lady, the, the lady asked me to ask him what he asked. So I had no choice. I had to call him again. Hey, this is the last time I'm going to ask you. You mess up again. What do you ask this time? Is it about pay? No, Andrew, I listened to you. I didn't ask about pay. Then what do you ask? I say, I asked about CPF. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
What is the personal experience of people who talk to you? Do they, are they dying for you to finish so that you can go to the next person? <laughs> personal experience is important. And that brings me to the final, final, final P that I'm going to talk about. Personal problem. Do you know that all of us would face crisis every now and then? Yes? You face crisis every now and then. You face problem every now and then. Uh, recently, we have a very big airline who has some problem with the delivery. They lost something. <laughs> and guess what? We all learn from that. When you have a crisis and you're the only one standing up for yourself, speaking and explaining yourself, you have no friends. You have no fans. You have no followers. When you have a crisis, you shouldn't be the first one to speak. All your friends, your best advocates, your brand ambassador should be there speaking for you, defending you. You should be the last one to speak in a crisis. That, my friend, is the ultimate of profiling. Because nobody believes that you can be brought down by a crisis. But I can talk whole day about so many different things. I talk about 10 P's. I talk about personality, promise, priority, positioning, reposition, wrong spelling. Product, platform, perception, personal experience, potential crisis. All these adds up to one word, influence, right? What is the opposite of influence? Insignificance, like a banana. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be a banana. Raise your profile today, there's no better time than now. Because when you raise your profile, you have heard a lot of speakers say you have authority and so on. But the authority comes from the mainstream media, books, radio, TV, and so on. But social media really gives you the authenticity. You can be famous on, in one day, all right? In the, you can be famous on TV and that's it. The next day, nobody talk about you anymore, all right? The conversation needs to be continued on social media. So, you use public relations to establish authority, but you really use social media to establish your authenticity. Now, they need to be together. For example, Celine. <laughs> Would you feel good if someone said, Celine, I saw you on TV. One, one video recently, I saw you. All right, even though it's two seconds, you look great. Will you, will you be happy? Yeah? Yeah. Anyway, Celine actually appeared in one of the videos, all right, in one of the national campaigns. Imagine this, if I tell you one day, hey, Selena, I, I saw you on one of the hidden videos on YouTube. Will you be happy? Why? Because, because that is usually bad news. <laughs> Public relations give you the authority, social media give you the authenticity. It's good to have logos so that you can be recognizable. I was so happy most of the time when I put up my banner and people who, who actually walk past very, very far away, and after a few days, they still text me and say, I, I, I knew you were there because from far away, I saw your logo. And if you look at this logo, can you see, oh, sorry, my logo? Can you see Andrew Chow inside? AC? All right. And I'm so happy that I'm invited here. And this is the authentication of that profile. But being here is just a reflection of what I have done before. 
as I said, I want to show you my actual case study. And with that, I can take some Q&A. I was featured recently in Money and You. The entire article is supposed to be on money, but I didn't talk about money at all. I talk about how I collect gold coins. I talk about how I help other people. I talk about a lot of other things, and I leave it to the reporter to decide what the heading was. Wonderful, right? You talk so much, you don't know what the story is all about, and you wait on you wait till Sunday when the paper is out. You saw the headline for the very first time, just like everybody else. And I'm so happy that this is what she got. To get good return, be the first one to give. How many of you are givers? Okay, half. <laughs> you need to know more givers. So, those who didn't put up a hand, recognize those who put up a hand and get to know them. Learn to be a giver because a giver never, never loses. And it's one of the personality as well. How about this? Mother's Day, last month, I told my mom, Mom, I'm going to give you a few surprises. Number one, she's 70 years old, I gave her a free Botox treatment. <laughs> Number two, I told her, I'm going to surprise you. I know you have never been in the media. I'm going to give you a chance to appear on papers, even though it's singing. And she happily said yes, and that's it. I make my promise. And it's very easy for me to create a story in the media. Why? Very simple. I know what they want. Media is very easy to approach. They are businesses by themselves. If you say anything to the media, you know what the first question they will ask you? What will my reader benefit from reading this? They have their readers to answer to. So I know that Sing Ming like to have stories above, for people above 55 years old. So I created a story, 70 years old, go for Botox, right? Which 70-year-old woman do you know go for Botox anymore? Don't worry, right? Yeah. Actually, my mom don't really know much about it, so I can easily fool her to go. <laughs> so that I can create. But at the end of the day, I want to create a story to tell people what kind of son I am. <laughs> she loves it anyway. She feels no pain, but when I try, it's so painful. <laughs> Women can stand pain 10 times more than men. Yeah? Yeah, they know they're going to be beautiful. They walk in, right? How painful so say, it's okay, it's no problem. <laughs> When I go in, can you hurry up, please? <laughs> How many of you want to be key personal influence? My next question, can you just be a person of influence first? First to your family? If you can't even influence your family, how can you be a key influence? Key personal influence within your circle. There's no way. I've seen a lot of examples. People who are so successful out there, they are influencers, and yet back home, among their friends, they have very few friends. Their family are dysfunctional. So if you want to be a person of influence, serve those at home. One of the benefits now of being a person of influence is I get to represent brands, I become brand ambassador. All right, sorry. Uh, Celine, I did not ask your permission to put your logo, but I put it up anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I, I once helped some of these companies to spread their word, and currently I'm actually helping iDental and J-Salon. So, um, J-Salon keeps, keeps my hair, iDental keeps my, keeps my teeth straight, 
I wear Invisalign. That's why you didn't see. All right, Invisalign is actually invisible braces. But these are just part of the perks that comes together with it. I feel that that actually is the real authentication to your profiling. It's not about what you do on social media. It's not about telling people how good you are in the media. It's knowing who you are and then communicate that in the right way. I'm very fortunate that I have done something for myself. I have done 280 times, close to 300 interviews. And I'm going to come up with a new book called Public Relations 247. Okay, but before that, you can always find me on social media. I have written three books. The fourth one is Public Relations 247. For the last nine years, I've helped 200 over friends to gain some exposure on media. I'm going to share 50 stories, 50 strategies of PR, how I pitch their story to the media. I'm going to share to you what actually happened behind the scene. What did I do to help them to get their coverage so that I have broken the magician code and I tell you how the magician do it, how a PR guy will do it. And I'm going to share to you in a book. And this book is for a very, very small investment. All right, it's going to be sold at $25, but it is going at only $15 today. So, last thing I want to share to you is three Cs. And with these three Cs, it can be applied in social media and PR. All right, and with this, I'll end. Number one, learn to create content, not campaign. The media love content, but they hate marketers. That's why the, the more established you are as a marketer, when you try to send them something, they usually reject you because they're very skeptical that you will, be, you, you will start to do pitching on media to their audience, which is not what they want. So create content that are purposeful, they are addictive, they are concise and very emotional content. The second C I want to share to you is this, conversation. Do you know how to manage conversation on social media? I know a lot of you are great posters of content, but you just weren't very good in coming to managing negative, com negative comments. How many of you delete negative comments straight away? <laughs> I have three Ds for you to manage negative comments. Number one, don't delete, don't delay, and don't deny that you have, that you have never said this. Managing negative comments is one of the important art of social media. If you're not prepared to do PR on social media, you will, be very, you will find it very challenging to be successful in PR. Learn the art of PR on social media. Managing negative comments, I have written an article. If you Google managing negative comments, you will see that my article come out first page. I think it's the first three. And you can read all about it. So, the last C, it's about community. Can you build a community of mentors, coaches, and mastermind group? You need one mentor at least. I had one. I had, I had different ones at different times. One mentor, at least find two coaches to handle your performance. And third thing, find three person to form mastermind group. So you have six person, right? One mentor, two coaches, three mastermind members, plus yourself, seven people. These seven people are committed to help you to become key person of influence. But joining the program here today, you'll find more than seven people. And you should be doing it now. My parting shot to you is this. When it comes to social media, think social before you do media. When it comes to public relations, 
focus on relations, worry about the public later. My name is Andrew Chow. Thank you very much. Very much. Can we? Uh, we've got time for probably one question, yeah? So, um, who's got a question for Andrew on social media, or are you going to tweet the questions to him? <laughs> a question just here. Uh, hi, Andrew. Hi, Joe. Um, I, I'm so nervous now because you're from the media, and you're, I, I hope you're gonna ask, not going to ask me about the media. <laughs> yes. Hello, microphone. Uh, I'm going to ask you about someone who maybe had a situation with a blind woman and a dog. Sorry? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you the story. Um, essentially, I was censured by, by the MDA for uh, using the a-hole word to describe a blind lady with a dog. Mm. Uh, that's without the context. I mean, uh, yeah. that, that was the, the extent of what the MDA released, so it looked really bad, mm -hmm. right? Uh, of course, all the other reasons around it, what she did and all the other stuff that, that was really unfair to McDonald's, all that was not covered. Mm. So the advice I was given was just keep quiet about this and let it blow past. Mm. Um, I want to know what, what you think nowadays, especially nowadays in, in, in the social media world. Uh, do you defend or do you just try and pretend it didn't happen? Good question. I think first of all, nothing lasts forever. All crisis has a peak at the beginning and then it always taper off. Okay, so that a lot of people can have negative sentiments, everybody can be angry, but usually it dies off. Most of the time we have noises in the media, noises in, on social media. You don't have to respond to everything. Okay. Most of the time, I, I actually feel that the best way is to keep quiet. No one likes the person involved to have the last word. And that is a good advice for any quarrel. If you like to be the one who has the last word, it will never end. Number two, goes back to the basis of profiling. You have brand ambassador. People must speak up for you. People must share that this may be an isolated incident. If you are a good PR person, you will actually write scripts and, and ask everyone else, different people to post at different time. I do that all the time, all right, to create the fire starter. So if fire is started by fire starter, you've got to use water. All social media fire has to be put up on social media water. All PR disaster has to be settled by PR. And when you have a disaster in PR, don't go to social media and try to solve it. It doesn't work. All right, if you have bad branding, uh, don't believe that going on, onto social media will help you. It won't. So I don't have answers to all that. I think uh, Singaporeans are very forgetful. You just have to wait for the next person to have a disaster, and then you'll forget about the next one. I hope you answered the question. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.